is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. I just finished week one of training with my running coach, Steve, who is actually the guest on today's podcast. And week one was tough. <laughs> it is really cold in Chicago. Um, I'm definitely not used to this weather, um, which is hilarious because like, like the last time we lived here in Chicago, I was putting on layers and layers of clothing and getting myself out there when it was really, really cold. And so it is harder. But I also think that this is part of that is like running was a novelty back then. And I had this like no excuses attitude, which I'll share in a little bit, didn't actually help me move forward. So anywho, training was a little tough this week or this past week because it was cold, but it still felt so good to get out there and to run and move my body and do something for myself while the weather is so crappy. Um, and it, it didn't go perfectly. I missed one day outside, but it is what it is. Um, it just felt so good. And I still think that one of my favorite parts of this training is that I get a daily email telling me what to do. I'm just notorious for doing too many things at once, um, having a training plan and printing it and like, oh yeah, cool. I'm going to do this. And then completely forgetting it, like forgetting where I put it. Um, just not looking at it. That's another thing I do sometimes. Um, so having a daily email is actually super helpful for me. And I love that aspect. And I love that I didn't have to go about setting it up. Um, when I was training for my first marathon, I, I made like a Google, uh, I put all of the running dates on the calendar. So Google alerted me, but it was like, I had to go in and do that. So it's so nice that all of this is already set up for me. And I literally just like look and I read it and I get my motivation from the email and then I go out there. Um, I think it also feels really good to be running and to like building up to a stronger me and not building up to a number. So I've been sharing a lot of my social media. Um, this week is the fourth annual run with Jacqueline event this Friday, March 8th. And this event started in 2015, kind of 2014, actually. That's when I first tried to do whole 30 and I tried to do a, um, I called it 30 for 30 or 30 before 30. I was trying to exercise for 30 days in a row and eat perfectly for 30 days in a row before my 30th birthday. And if you've been following me for a while, you know that that backfired and it turned into me binge eating everything in sight. Also not exercising for a long time. Um, and this is just stuff I did to myself in my early thirties. I kept doing these exercise challenges and these perfect eating challenges. And I'm so grateful for the lessons that I learned from him. Um, running every day for 100 days was not the kindest thing that I could do for my body, but it showed me that I could accomplish things. It showed me that um, when I set my mind to something that I can, I'm not, I'm not always a quitter. And so while I will never commit to a running streak again, I am so proud of myself for that. And so that's how Run With Jacqueline Day came about. Um, after that 100-day streak or on the 100th day, over 100 people um, all over the world, all over the internet, joined me and ran or walked one mile and then posted it on social media. And I think especially being back in the Midwest, it is this like motivation to get up and get moving, but doing it in a kind way for our body. So a lot of people are doing intervals. A lot of people are run walking. There is nothing wrong with that. Um, you still are a runner, even if you walk. 
Um, and I mean, Galloway, his whole training plan is encouraging you to walk. It's great for your joints. It's great for your body. So, um, definitely don't feel like, oh gosh, I'm, I'm not a real runner because I'm not running the whole thing. You are allowed to walk and it's fine, but definitely, um, if you are needing motivation or just, you know, just got to get out of hibernation mode, uh, run or walk with me this Friday, March 8th, and then post a photo on Instagram or Facebook. Um, if we're not Facebook friends, make sure you add me so I can see it and then use the hashtag run with Jacqueline and I will be cheering along and it'll be so cool to just see who is listening to the podcast. Um, I've had some of you reach out to me recently. I actually met up with a couple of people while we were on our road trip and it was so cool to meet other people. Like I have no idea who's listening to this and it's really weird. Like you put stuff out on the internet and then you like hope and pray that no trolls find you, um, which actually did happen last year on <laughs> Run With Jacqueline Day. Um, but I just believe that there are way more good people out there and way more people that are motivated and kind and are trying to do like cool things for themselves. And so it's just a really fun way to connect and see who who's listening. So definitely um, check that out March 8th. Do not forget. It's one mile. You can do it. Think about it. It's like 15, 10, 15, 20 minutes, depending if you run, run, walk or walk. And either of those are fine. All right, let's start the podcast. Today, we're going to chat with Steve Carmichael of the Run Buzz podcast. You can call him Buzz if you want to. I'm going to give you that permission. Um, I secretly <laughs> call him Buzz in my head when I'm talking to him. Sorry, Steve. You just look like a Buzz sometimes. Anyways, Steve's podcast has nearly 1 million downloads, and he really goes into the nitty-gritty of running. So training tips, um, injury prevention tips, all of that good stuff. So you're definitely going to want to check it out if you are just getting started with running. Um, today's episode is really fun because we do get to hear a little bit more of the personal side uh, to Steve's story, how he started running, how he started taking care of his health, and all of the challenges that he had to overcome with running. Um, you're going to love today's podcast. Let's start. All right. I am so excited today on the podcast. I have Steve Carmichael. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited you're here. So we actually connected probably half of a year ago my life has been crazy. You've been super busy with your business. Finally mm -hmm. excited to get you on the podcast. Um, but so let's just dive in. And I want to hear about your story and how you came to running. Were you always a runner? Were you running in high school, college? What, like, what brought you to running? Um, purely accident in a lot of ways. Uh, I started off as, you know, I played sports in high school and middle school. Uh, I played football and running was always a punishment for us or it was for conditioning. And that's back in the days when they didn't have nice running shoes and, and stuff, you know. Um, but I pretty much put away running when I got out of high school other than to pass the Army PT test. And I would train literally a week before the PT test, which is not enough time to train, by the way. Uh, but I would, I would push myself through it, and I would hate every second minute of it. And then I put everything on hold. I, I got out of the, the Army National Guard, so I, I didn't have to do the PT test anymore got in that corporate career job. Took me, you know, many, many years to realize that eating junk food and, and, and Wendy's every single day and often in the evenings as I worked late hours and just the stress just kind of wore me down until probably about my 38th birthday. So many years went by with nothing. I was at, I was having some heart issues 
uh, or at least I thought they were heart issues. And I went through and I got checked out. And, and for the most part, I was okay. But when I was sitting with my doctor, who wasn't my heart doctor, but he was my general practice doctor kind of following up, he, he said something to me that kind of stuck to me. He said, you know, you're suffering from the last 20 years of the way you lived. And he said, if the only way to change that, if you want to be healthy in your you know, 40s, 50s, and 60s, he says, it's going to depend on how you spend the next 20 years. And I don't know why that resonated with me because I was real famous for going out and getting memberships to health clubs and going for a week or two and then never going again. Um, and, but for some reason that resonated with me and I was, I was like, by darn it, I'm not going to join another health club. I, you know, I'm not going to pay the money for something I'm not going to use. And it, I went back and I said, you know, when I was in my teens and early twenties, I ran for whatever, you know, physical fitness test or whatever sport I was playing. And so I went out, I was, I got all excited. I came in for the doctor appointment. I went out the door, I started running, made it about two mailboxes. I live in a subdivision. So the mailboxes aren't that far apart. And, uh, I couldn't run anymore. I was tired and it really woke me up into saying, I got to do something. And I hated it. I hated every single step I took for several months, but it was the first time in my adult life that I was able to stick with something. And I signed up at a friend who says, you know, you need to sign up for a turkey trot mm. on Thanksgiving. Cause the time I started running may have been June or July. Not sure exactly. I wish I would have remembered things better and, and tracked it more because I never thought I would be running today. So I didn't keep track of that stuff, but I signed up for a race. I, I had seen a race. I, I had um, observed the uh, Columbus marathon one time I was helping as a volunteer um, from a police department directing traffic at a stop or one intersection. And I saw these runners come by and I'm thinking, okay, there's these fast runners come by and I'm like, okay, that's pretty lame. That's, that's it. And why am I still here? Cause I knew nothing about marathons. I didn't even know how far they were at the time. <laughs> and then 10 minutes go by and then all of a sudden more runners started coming and then more runners started coming and there was a f flood of runners and the more I sat there and watched this, I started seeing people that looked more and more like me. Mm -hmm. And that was, again, that was before I went to the doctor and had the issues. But I think that set a seed in my brain somewhere, again, that, that running can appeal to all different types of people. Um, and, but anyways, go back to the doctor thing. I signed up for the turkey trot. I didn't know what a race was like. I, in my own self-competitiveness, thought I was going to race it in a sense that I knew I wasn't going to win it, but I knew, I thought, well, at that time I was probably 38, 39 years old. I thought how many 38, 39 year old runners are going to be out here who had trained as hard as I did for six months. So I took off. Uh, it was slightly downhill the first mile. I was happy. I had like a six and a half minute mile. This is for a person who runs normally 11 minutes a mile, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, made it a mile in and I walked the rest. <laughs> Um, cause I completely burnt myself out and I remember coming up cause that same hill we had to run down, we had to run back up to finish the, the race and, uh, it was Thanksgiving and there was a couple who was dressed. One was dressed as a banana. The other one was dressed as a spoon or a fork. And I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to let these, these kids pass me in a costume and they passed me and I continued to walk. I went home. I slept most of the day. I was miserable but something about lining up on race day and hearing the music pumping, 
Um, they were playing, you know, Thunderstruck by ACDC or whatever. It's one of the songs that was really popular. And the adrenaline that was going through my, you know, body at the time, one being nervous that I was going to run a race, and then two, that the music and the crowd, I'd never experienced that before. And it was just amazing. So um, it was that day or shortly after that the switch kind of switched. And, and then I started thinking, okay, what can I do next? I obviously don't want to run a six and a half minute mile ever again in my life. Um, so I turned to more endurance distance. Um, and I, over a period of six to six to nine months, I started to really enjoy it. Uh, you know, you have days, I think all people have days where you don't enjoy something, but you feel like you don't want to lose everything you work for. So you continue to do it. Now, this is very early on. I did not know what I was doing. I did not know how to train. I just assumed that you just add a little bit of distance every single day that you ran. And, and eventually that adds up to a half marathon. And I trained for a half marathon after that 5K. And I ended up getting a stress fracture two weeks before the half marathon. And so I had to sit out. I was really disappointed. And that's when I really decided I needed to help to figure out what it is I'm doing. And so again, I'm six to nine months into running for the first time. And uh, I joined a, a running club and trained. I went straight to the, the marathon because I figured in my own craziness, like I just trained up to almost a half marathon. Why not go for the full in the fall, right? Hey, I did the exact same thing starting with the turkey trot thinking, oh, I can do a marathon. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I trained for the marathon. I was successful. Um, I went out and ran my first marathon. The interesting thing with me is I trained with a 72-year-old man who I could not quit because here's this guy who, you know, was out there at 72 years old, just killing it. And we weren't fast. Um, you know, my first, my first marathon was, was a 501. Uh, and, but I do remember at the very, I, I remember suffering the last four miles. It's like, unbelievable amount of suffering just soreness pain and but I remember finishing and my daughter who at the time was maybe three or well she's older she's probably three or four four about four years old um she jumped they got my my father handed her over the, the, the gate or the fence that was holding everybody back and she ran the last hundred miles with me and not hundred miles hundred yards <laughs> and I remember sitting there like just so emotional coming down the this last little hill towards the finish area. And I was already pretty like, you know, anybody that's run one knows how it kind of messes with you mm -hmm. uh, emotionally. You're just overwhelmed at the cheering at the end. And, but to run it and finish it with my daughter was like a special moment that I'll never forget. And we ran it in. They don't let you run in with your kids anymore. Um, ever since the, fortunately since the Boston bombing, their little security is a little more tighter, but it was an incredible experience, and, and that's where I think I caught the, the final bug, I guess, that led me into, okay, now it's not so much for my own accomplishment. Now it's like I really want to learn as much as I can about this, this sport because I wanted to make myself better. Yeah. And I, I think so many people can relate to that. And I think too, just like the, the turkey trots or any of them, when it's like this big celebration and the marathon, all of the emotions that you don't get from going to a health club and going on the, on the elliptical day after day, like there's no accomplishment when you do that. Yeah. But I want to add that I felt the exact same way with my first 5k or my, I didn't go with 5k. I started with the five mile. I felt the same way 
that, that very first race. And I feel that way. And I see this with many, many runners um, that it doesn't matter the distance. It matters the fact that you set a goal, you train for something, and then you get the reward of the celebrations, what I like to call it, of the race. And the, even the better thing was like, I to go back and, and, and just look at my own personal health. And, and since then, again, I, I've been running for a number of years. I coach a lot of runners, but my health is not perfect. Um, I'm not the perfect runner. I go through phases where I train well. I go through phases where I almost embarrassed at how I train. Um, but I think that, that me being able to do that, I was pre-diabetic. I was having pre-diabetic numbers. Um, when I first went into that doctor appointment, I was having arrhythmia-like symptoms. Uh, I was 30 pounds overweight. Uh, I just didn't feel good. I remember carrying my daughter up the stairs. And by the time I got to the stairs, I mean, I was completely out of breath. I remember just feeling stressed to the point where when I would go into work in the morning, I just, I, I would get almost like dry heaves. Um, I wasn't nauseous. I didn't feel nauseous, but I had like a gag reflex. I remember driving to work and just thinking, man, I'm not going to make it to 40. And, but at the same time, outwardly, if somebody was looking at me, I would have looked totally normal. I, you know, I just, I don't know what was wrong with me. I know there was just so much lifestyle problems I was having that when I started running, all my numbers switched. Um, one of the other things I had is I had fatty liver disease. Um, I still am prone to that. So that's where fat accumulates around your liver and then it creates um, liver enzymes because your liver has to basically work harder. So it, it has the same effect as if I was a severe alcoholic and I was damaging my liver through alcohol, but this was non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And I remember never joke to your doctor if you have it and never say, well, I should just give up and just start drinking because he didn't think that was funny. But I was like... <laughs> I was like, what happens if I don't fix this? Yeah. And he's like, in 20 years, you can have cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, and I'm going, oh, you know, so a lot of the, so I went from like just a train wreck, hot mess of, of and, I, and I think this is so common with most adults. We push so hard to please whoever it is in our, our lives, whether it's our employer, whatever, whatever. And we just forget to take care of ourselves. And so running's given me an opportunity to, fix and kind of realign that. Now, it doesn't have to be running. It can be whatever. Uh, I, I, I'm Just because I'm a runner, I don't think everybody should be a runner. Uh, in fact, I think there's people who probably should not be runners, not because of their own capability, but because they just don't enjoy it. So I'm a big proponent of find what you enjoy. It could be hiking. It can be biking, cycling, swimming, whatever. It could be going to the gym. It's whatever you enjoy, but do something because movement is medicine in so many different ways, it's mental health. Um, the, 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 I think I get some of the biggest benefit because I notice it when I don't, <laughs> you know, the stress comes back. Not that I'm not stressed, but I can manage it better now than I ever could before. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was just a complete, I mean, to say it saved my life, it sounds kind of cliche, but um, I have had several friends who didn't make lifestyle changes. I'm, um, 49 years old, I'll turn 50 in May, who aren't around anymore. Yeah. And I thought they were in better shape than I was at the time. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been, it's been life changing. And I just, like I said, 
but I do go through periods of time where I go, I get in a rut. Um, I don't feel like running, mm -hmm. you know, and that's strange being a coach when you're trying yeah. to coach other people, you really, um, you really struggle with like trying to set the perfect example and try to be the perfect thing. And the reality is, is we're not. And it's reasons, well, I think it's called personal fitness is it's personal and, you know, and it's just, you know, it's just, it's, that's, I think the biggest thing is I put so much pressure on myself when I work with others and then, you know, but it's because I want such, I want them to have the outcome and, and we're graded on outcome. And so that's kind of how, how I kind yeah. of see it. It's so hard. And I, and I'm glad you said that. And you're honest about that. Cause I, I talked about this a little bit before, but just like this past year, I was like, Oh cool. I started this running podcast. And also last year in 2018, I did the least amount of running that I had done since I started running. And so then it was like this imposter, like, Oh my gosh, I'm talking about running and health and fitness. And I'm not running as hard as when I was training for a marathon, but also like we can't be at 120% like life ebbs and flows, fitness ebbs and flows, movement, like fit my life, how I needed it to last year as we were like all over the place. And I think it's good for people to see too, like, Hey, these people are not always training for a marathon. Like they're not always at 120% because then it becomes, it can, it becomes stressful. Like then movement can become stressful where it's like, it's not helping your, it's not helping your mental health. Your body does need a rest. You can't, you know, always be on. So I'm so happy you said that and you were yeah. honest with that. Thank you. And, and I, I, I think there's a point in our lives where in times and phases where we want to have that athletic mindset, we want to have that self-competition because I think um, it can be a motivator and drive people, but it's also important to step back and realize that it's not our only thing in life. Yeah. Um, the thing that I think that originally con um, connected me with you is, is I was looking for ways that to eat better, but not, I, I had done a lot of the dieting and things. And if that works and that's somebody's jam, it's great. It's great. It's working for him. There's no one way to do anything. Um, but I wanted, I was looking for, you know, what's realistic and that resonated with me with this stuff. I think when you were in on my podcast, we talked about, um, you had the, the, the super cheap lunchables, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Cause I grew up with kids and we used to feed them the little self packaged ones at the store. And I'm yeah. going, wait, you mean we can actually make those things ourselves? You know, you know, and, and so, you know, that's kind of what I, I, I've taken that approach with everything now. It's like, it's not just the way I, I approach my diet and nutrition, which, you know, I'll again, argue it's probably out of all the things. It's the thing I struggle with the most. Um, and I don't mean diet from a diet perspective. I mean, I'm just talking about what I eat every yeah. single day. Um, but I also take the same approach when it comes to mindset. You know, there's, there's times where, you know, you have to, there's tricks you can use to get yourself into the game, but what does that game mean to you? Like, you know, are you, are you some journey has changed so much in the last 10 years. I was just trying to get back in my life, um, back into shape. Then it turned into a lot of self-competitiveness. I had to be fast. I had to run far. I had to run marathons. And, and I even had a marathon podcast at one time until I realized that I don't want to be about marathons. Like marathons, I'll go run them, but I haven't run one in a couple of years. Now I coach a lot of marathoners, but at the same time, it's like, I like that mid distance. I don't like feeling like a train wreck every single time I run. Um, you know, especially as I've gotten older, I, it 
takes a lot more recovery. So I've changed. I'm back, you know, took an injury. I think we've talked about this in the past where I was injured for 18 months. I was off running. Um, I went through a lot of self angst, I guess. Um, I really questioned my ability to, do I want to keep running? And, but I use that time positive. I didn't use that time to really work more with the people that I was coaching um, through my running club and then through online. And it was just like, you know, why is it that we have such hard time sustaining healthy eating habits or sustaining our training and sustaining? Why is it that you, know, you could have, you could go join the gym in January and two weeks later, 80% of the people have already quit. You know, why? Because as a coach, it's not about the training plans. I mean, we do training plans. It's not about the nutrition. We, we, you know, teach people or help people make the better decisions sometimes. Um, it's not about, you know, what shoes the best or what, you know, supplements to take. If your mind isn't in it, and if we can't make it a habit, if our lifestyle is not aligned, if we're not realistic with what we're doing, then what's the point? You're not going to go out for that training run. You're not going to eat, you know, or make good decisions. Um, and the other side is, is you can't be a hundred percent on or you're going to fall off. And if you're a runner, when you try too hard, what happens? We get injured. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't, we figure that, oh, well, more is better. More is never better. Or if it's nutrition, like, you know, we decide to go extreme, what happens? We can't sustain it. Right. And we fall off and then it creates this vicious cycle going back and forth. So a lot of that I didn't learn until I was off running and it my it just became one of these things where it's like I had time to reflect whereas before I was like oh I just need to get my pace down faster or yeah. I need to be a faster runner and none of that matters it's I don't care if you run a 20 minute mile or walk or do whatever you know just do something um, so my coaching style my approach to my own personal running is different now than it was even two three years ago Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, especially when we're starting something new with a healthy habit or with running or whatever, it's like we're chasing after this number or this award or whatever. But then, like you said, like if you get injured and it's taken away from you, then what? Like, what is it? Or if you mess up and you mess up, I'm putting quotes up and you have the donut, you weren't perfect. Okay. Then what? And then it's just like that mindset shifts. Like, wait a second, that thing I was chasing after was not like, that was not like being healthy. That was not like a lifestyle that I can actually sustain. And then it's like, Oh, okay. Here's the way I can do it where it's actually sustainable. And it's like, it's fun and fulfilling. Um, yeah. but I think like you said, like you kind of need those challenges or those bumps in the road that slow you down. Yeah. And I think with, um, my experience with runners is even the, the people that I train is, is we, after they do their race in the fall, which is when most people, either in the fall or springs, typically the, their goal race, you get, two, you get two months off really before it kind of starts picking up. And, and I encourage people to slow down and, and not, you know, just, you, you can't, you can get burnout in anything that you do. And I think it's is just as dangerous as not doing it in some cases, because if you get burnout, it's harder to come back than it would be if you just fell off the, the wagon a little bit and, and kind of, you know, felt, because I think it's easier to come back from that than it comes to burnout. I think we, we burnout's real and our bodies, our minds, you know, our well being just needs time to adapt. 
And I've learned these the hard way. I mean, I've, I've made every probably stupid mistake that anybody's ever made. Um, but I think a lot of it just comes with experience of slowing down and, um, now it doesn't mean you don't have times where you want to push yourself. I, I think um, there's certainly times where I think it's to go the other way. I don't want to give people an excuse to always just like, well, we'll just kind of take it back. Yeah. back. I think there's times that you have to push yourself and, but you do it in spurts. You, you, you do it where it makes sense and you do it when you're, when you have a high degree of motivation for a lot of people, it's in the spring, you know, spring, we we come out of the winter, um, which is very hard to, to maintain um, exercise in the winter, especially when it's cloudy and it's cold. And, and if you live in a climate where you don't want to go outside because it's cold to go to the gym or it's cold to ride a bike or it's cold to go for a run. Um, but then you get that, you know, the nice spring day and what happens, you go to the park and you see a thousand people out there, you know, that you didn't see, you know, two weeks ago. So yeah, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that, that you can do to kind of keep that motivation going. Um, and, and I think you, you, we all have a natural energy cycle. We all have a, a cycle of certain times a year where we like to do things more than others. Um, but try to do the best you can during those other times to find something. Maybe it's, if you're a runner, maybe you take the winter and you cut back on your running and you do more, maybe it's more strength or maybe take some classes or do yoga, things that work and are complementary to running. If, if you're not a runner and you know, it's, you know, then, then there's other things that complement probably, um, maybe it's just learning more. Uh, maybe it's digging into some books and learning something you didn't know. I mean, I'm still, I probably read more health and fitness books in the last three years than I've read any book over the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um, because it interests me and I'm also getting into areas that aren't necessarily tied to running. I, I spend a lot of time, um, with habits and motivation and what motivates people. And it's interesting and fascinating. And yet I'm far from an expert in those areas, but I'm learning some, I'm learning some really, really cool stuff and I'm experimenting with my clients and it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I just feel like that was such a good pep talk too. And I, like for me personally, like, okay, you know, like these ebbs and flows, like 2018 was a time of rest, still moving my body. And I think we talked about this on your podcast as well. That was around the time that I was like, I, we're walking more, like we're not running a ton, but we're walking more and I'm getting like 10,000 steps in. And that was like the first time I had ever tracked that. And a lot of times people think like, oh no, it's just walking. And you're like, you know, your heart rate is still up. Like you're still doing stuff for your body. And that was like, cool. Like I'm doing something for my body. It's not strenuous. Like you said, like marathons, running a marathon, training for a marathon is a full-time job. Like yep. the, and the time commitment and all that. So yeah, those times that we're still doing something for ourselves, but it's not at 120%. So here's, here's one tip for somebody who works in a corporate environment. We may have talked about this on the podcast because I think this is what made it come back in my yeah. thought. If you're in a meeting with another person in the same building, go for a walk around the hallway. Have your meeting as you're walking through. And if you, if you, assuming you work in a place that's, that's big, right? Especially in the wintertime. Like I work in a place, it's not huge, but I can, I can run, not run, I don't run through the office. That would be silly, but I could walk. We have our, we have our meetings. We're going to be three or four of us walking through the hallways in this big loop around our building. And we're getting exercise instead of sitting on our call 
you know, and it's, it's getting us up from our desk. It's getting us up for, and, and getting exercise, you know, it's, you know, we're not super, super like getting all sweaty or anything, but we're moving. And that's one thing like in the wintertime that you can do. You, know, you don't have to do traditional types of exercises. Um, there's a lot of yoga type exercises that are things like single leg bounce. So it's not like you have to sit there and bend over in the office, but as you're standing there talking to put, put all your weight on one leg and, and build strength on, and balance on that one leg and you're working all these muscles. So there's, there's really creative ways to do that kind of stuff. And then um, one other, one other tip just before I go, since I'm on a roll, um, there's this book called, I think it's five second rule. And Bill anytime Rabbit. you're trying to make, yeah, you know, yeah. have you read it? Yeah. Yeah. So that book, um, and you don't have to read the whole book to get the gist of it. It's like you have five <laughs> seconds to make a decision. And most of us, if we wait longer than five seconds, we will probably not do what it is we're trying to change. So for me, I really struggle getting up in the morning and exercising in the morning. I much prefer to exercise in the middle of the day or in the evenings. But I know when Saturday morning goes off and I know I'm meeting people, that alarm clock goes off. I have five seconds to jump out of bed and start taking that next action or I don't allow my mind to give me a chance to come up with excuses. I do that constantly. That book is one of the few books that, that I actually sat there and read and go, I, mean, I get lots of good ideas from books, but that's one that I actually put into practice. And yeah. great, great resource, regardless of whether it's fitness, um, you know, but can't speak highly enough about it. Yeah. And you're so right. Like the book, <laughs> the book is a very simple idea, but it's like the implementation of it. Like, you really just have to read it until you start implementing it. And then you're like, okay, I like, okay, I get it. I get it. But it is so true. And as I, I like, I'm sitting here, it's so funny. I have this post it, the three, the things I need to do for my mental health, 10 to 20 minute walk a day, exercise in the morning, eat without distraction, communicate with people. So I'm not just online, but it's like all of those little things. And like two of them have to do with movement, like to help my mental health game. And you're right. Like some of them are like, oh, it's kind of a pain, but it's like, okay, but if I just go do it, it's going to help everything else in my day, yeah. everything else. Yeah. And so one other thing I would do is, and this is, this has really helped me and it's kind of really helped me form kind of the way I, I, I help others is, is I, I create this quadrant and this isn't anything fancy. This is, I put it in four kind of key areas. Um, one is what I call physical fitness or training. That's what, in my case, I apply it to running and, and strength training, but this could be whatever it is for you, right? And then a 25, and then the other quadrants like nutrition and eating and, and, and making sure that we're um, eating healthy and taking care of ourselves that way. The other one's mindset. Um, always looking for ways to, you know, and I'm not a big goal kind of thing because I, I think, um, but I am one of those people who I tend to read a lot of things. I listen to a lot of podcasts that are positive because we have so much negative activity in our world that if I don't, if I, if I turn, come home and turn on the evening news, I'll be angry within two minutes. I'll, I'll start yelling at the TV. I'll be like my dad when I was, when he was growing up. I always used to laugh at the old man. He'd always yell at the TV, right? Um, but instead, you know, I, I, I kind of focus on trying to take those little quick breaks through the day just to kind of calm myself, you know, just being self-aware that, Oh my God, I'm getting stressed. I need to like, you know, kind of set. So mindset comes in a lot of different ways. Some other people might be, well, maybe I just need to work on things like willpower or self-awareness or my emotional health, whatever. All that's kind of lumped in the other one. And then the last one's lifestyle. Um, when I 
kind of do that. It's kind of about building a framework around you. Um, this would be things like developing and setting aside time that you can do the thing that you want to do in those other areas. Um, it's getting a support system around you, right? It's for people who, you know, want to eat better and, and want that lifestyle or that health coaching. You're that kind of support system, right? Somebody that wants maybe support system around running and, and strength training. I might be that, or you may be that, or somebody else might be that, or it might be, you know, having a, an accountability partner to meet you at the, the gym or go for that bike ride or go for a hike. And then, and then really it's just, um, getting good sleep and, and those kind of habits that, that allow you to kind of restore. And, you know, those four areas, I think if we look at them evenly, I think what happens is, is, is runners were one of the things I notice is runners want to run and they will be 80% running yeah. and maybe 10% those and 20% those other things where, we really need to be evenly balanced across those all four things. Cause if our mindset's not right, we're not going to train and we're not going to eat right. If we don't eat right, we're not going to feel like training and we're not going to, you know, the stress is going to leave up to us. You know, if our lifestyle's too busy, if we put too many things in our life, we're not going to have time to do things. Each one of those four areas are interconnected. Um, and when you think about whatever it is in your life that you want to, to improve upon, um, keep in mind that, you want to fit whatever that is to you and not take you and try to fit it into those other things. Mm, that's so um, huge. <laughs> so, so for example, um, I like to use the running thing because it's the easy, cause I'm a running coach. That's what we talk about is everybody focuses on the training plan, right? What's the best training plan? What's the best pair of shoes? What's the better, whatever. How about instead of that, how about focusing the training around you? What's realistic for you? You know, what do you want to do? all the training plans work, right? It's really about um, finding what works best for you. What are you going to do consistently? What are you going to do that is going to fit into your life versus push your life mm. so that it becomes your only thing? I will tell you, I've been guilty times where my wife would give me that look when the kids were younger and she's like, you're not going to go run again, are you? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> like, and then I wait till the kids go to bed and then I go run, but then it was okay. But you know, when, you know, I, I think we, we, we sacrifice so much of our own self. Yeah. Um, sometimes that we put all our eggs in one basket for a lot of people, it's dieting and, and they get so into the diet that everything else falls apart, right? You don't enjoy life. I'll tell you, I eat donuts. Me too. And I, I eat donuts. <laughs> Like, I don't eat them every day. I don't eat like a whole, well, I shouldn't say this. I don't always eat a whole box of donuts. But, you know, I, I, you know, I enjoy life because it's not to me. You can be healthy. But when you go to the extremes in either direction mm -hmm. is, is where you, I see the problem areas step up, at least it's been my experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes, kind of like you said earlier too, like sometimes you kind of do go to those extremes and then you find your place in the middle because you realize – Hey, neither of those are, neither of those are serving me. We're a, we're a pendulum. We swing in all these different directions, but where our balance and our center is, is when all that thing comes in kind of to the middle. And, um, but it's okay to test those extremes. Um, I think that's how we find out what, you know, where our range is. Yep. 
Definitely. Yeah. So I wanted to um, talk a little bit more about if someone wanted to reach out to you and hear more about running, what kinds of things do you do with clients online um, if they're not local to where you are? Yeah. So I coach online and I coach local. I live in Columbus, Ohio. Um, online, um, I have a blog and a podcast called Run Buzz. Uh, where we talk about running and life and the intersection of life and running and all these four things that I talk about are all fair game. Um, and I coach online. I coach both one-on-one, um, -on -one, but we also do group um, kind of more of a self-coach model because not everybody wants coaching. But um, a lot of stuff I do, you know, I'm doing and finding online. Um, and I have, like I said, I have a series now of a couple coaches who join me, but um, I'm active on social media as well. Um, just search for Ron Buzz and you can pretty much find me on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I help anything. From, I like to use, again, I'm, I'm a running coach, but I focus on these four areas and I make sure that we have balance in all four of those areas when I work with people because, again, I learned when I was off running due to injury that it was because I was ignoring those other three areas oh, yeah. that was the reason that my body was falling apart. Um, it was the reason why I was trying to play catch up on my training because, you know, I thought I needed to push myself harder. Um, but yeah, it's a more holistic approach than I would say, you know, I don't just write training plans and hand a training plan. It's like, I want to work with clients and say, listen, if weight loss is a goal, if it's important to you, but also running, you can make the two work together. Um, you know, the fitness industry tries to, to put us in these little molds and say, you know, you have to eat a certain way, you have to train a certain way. Um, Runner's World magazine is famous. I call it Runner's World-itis. You read a running magazine and all of a sudden you're like, you're motivated to try a thousand things, but it's not connected. It's just a series of articles to sell magazines, to sell advertising. Nothing wrong with Runner's World, but it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not taking into effect your lifestyle. You know, it's not taking effect in my That doesn't mean it's not entertaining and interesting to read. Sure. Um, I read runner's world, but um, it's not the only thing. It's not, you know, there, there's so many other things to, to, to match lifestyle, running to lifestyle or strength training to lifestyle. I have, I have people I work with where we primarily do weight training and high intensity type running, but much shorter distances because weight loss is a goal. And we have other, I have other people who want to, run marathons and half marathons or qualify for Boston. Boston, we do all that too. Um, but we do it within the constraints of what's realistic. And that's, I think that's where, where my coaching philosophy has gone and, and kind of where I um, can help people the most is when you intersect those four areas that we talked about. Yeah, I love that. And it's, I'm so appreciative of that and kind of wish that maybe I had had that when I started um, because I, I think a lot of us, again, like we go to the extremes and then we realize this isn't working and just kind of having that guidance of someone that has been through it is so helpful. <laughs> so helpful. Yeah. I, and I've learned, I mean, I've, I've probably coached over a thousand people now locally and online, which is amazing because like I said, I never intended to be a runner. I never intended to be a coach. It's yeah. just kind of fell into it and just one thing led to another and and uh, yeah, it's crazy, crazy how, where you never know where life's going to take you and never learn where, what journey is going to take you until you get on the path and you start making that forward progress. And the next thing leads to the next thing. It's like breadcrumbs. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're, you know, you're 
at this place and you're like, how did I get here? It's humbling. And, and I'm so thankful that I, that I kind of stumbled across this. I wish I would have done it 20 years sooner. Uh, you know, but you know, we're always, it's never too late. You can always start where you're at. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'll definitely have all the links so people can connect to you. Um, it'll be a great way to start off spring and get going. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. It's been an honor to talk to you in your you. community. So you're doing great. <laughs> thanks. Keep up the good work. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thanks again. All right. Take care.